up? How's it going? All you people on the internet or wherever you are listening to this podcast. I guess people download podcasts sometimes so they don't have to be on the internet. Although this is a podcast that's perfect to listen to while you're on the internet because that means you're not paying full attention to the podcast, which is probably the best way to listen to this as a multitasking, you know, uh, attention span dividing bit of business to uh, kill a half hour or you know something to listen to while you're driving that will like you know help you maybe like stay awake but won't distract you from what's going on the road and it'll just like you know help you it'll help you stay awake long enough to kill yourself <laughs> yeah so you know i got a car crash you'll get home and uh realizing you, you've spent a half hour listening to us talk you will immediately uh head into the uh the pantry where you store your suicide gun, and then your neighbor will hear. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a gun that has labeled on it for suicide use only. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's like um, how people have like you know like like a uh, sort of like like a uh, shoes that are just for, like you know like formal. Yeah, shoes game. that shoes that are labeled for suicide use only. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's those it, for when you uh, going to somehow club yourself to death with the shoes. Yeah, or... it's gonna be a stiletto, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Number one shoe for suicide gotta be a stiletto or so something, sharp. or something with very very robust laces you could use to hang yourself. Yeah, just a real robust, a real robusto um, lace. Yeah, you walk into a shoe store and you're like, hey, can you point me to your most robust laces? I mean, uh, you know, if my my laces were what are your most voluptuous r- r- uh, laces, please. If the laces I wanted were a cigar type, they'd be robusto. I, <laughs> what? I think it's a kind of cigar. I think that's a kind of cigar. I feel like I saw that in an episode of Futurama. Maybe I don't know. Ooh, I mean, a good a good place to steal jokes from. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, they did. I, just, I stole the concept of a robusto cigar, which I think is an actual thing, because Benjamin's oh, okay. a robot. He likes to smoke cigars. He sure but, does. Anyways, welcome to Chris and Matt's Skim Wikipedia, uh, the podcast that does what it says in the name. Uh, it features uh, a guy named Chris, which is me. And Matt Skimkowitz, which is what I'll be going against <laughs> yes, for the next yeah. half hour. Uh, and the, I'm, That's a non-fat Kowitz. I'm like skim Chris, milk. I'm Chris. Shut the fuck up. I'm still going here uh two percent coits uh that but not soy coits <laughs> almond coits uh and the the new the new uh guy on the block oh. oat coits yeah i had some ice cream that was made with coconut milk earlier today i got that cocoa nut milk mm, yeah coco- mm, love that nut milk yeah i love me some nut yeah. well sometimes you get a nut milk from an, an almond uh, but uh, technically, a coconut—it has nut in the name, but it's not. I don't think it's an actual nut. I'm pretty sure it's a fruit. Mm, it's a real uh, peanut situation. Yeah, which are not nuts; they're legumes. I learned that <laughs> from Third Rock from the Sun. I feel like that's a joke that's on like every TV show in the '90s. Well, yeah. They're like, "What else are we gonna do this week?" They're like, "Ah, oh, we still got that nut one on the docket." He's like, uh, "Yeah, I remember reading that fact." Yeah. And uh, we're in, like, a writer's room, and we're just, you know, sitting here, like, eating, like, garbage, yeah, eating, like, entire, like... Uh, yeah, cases of surge, because it's the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And, like... Snackwell's treats. And, like, you know, somebody, like, stole their child's, like, Dunkaroos, and they're like, yeah. I just had to bring something different to work. I couldn't just sit here eating, like, you know... I had to bring something Snickers different bars. I couldn't just eat Snickers. I had to eat Dunkaroos. <laughs> I just gave me some gushers. I just need some crackers and frosting. <laughs> I stole my kids' warheads. I hear they're uh, dangerously I st- sour. I stole them. 
Like, yeah, because they were they were gifted, like, or they were they were, they were yeah. gifted. Uh, I stole the snacks that I bought for my child. Yeah, it's like a de-gifting, basically. That's yeah. how I see it. I guess more than a stealing. It's like I I bought these warheads for you, my child, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna take them for myself instead. And you will like get to use them as previously promised. Yep. There's only one in a box. <laughs> Uh, oh i love warheads i love the end of a warhead tastes so good (laughs) when it's not sour anymore it actually has flavor to it sweet you get a you know a lot of people say war what is it good for and i say (laughs) that sweetness at the end yeah that's uh i guess the equivalent of world war ii was the atomic bombs dropping was the sweetness at the end jesus well, no, it would be the end of, it would be that sweet kiss you stole from that woman on the streets of New York City. Oh, yeah, when I was a sailor, and there's, like, a nurse, and it's like, a, yeah. hey, and they were both wearing our costumes for some reason. They call those costumes, right? <laughs> yeah, they call not those you. costumes. Definitely not uniforms. Yeah, they're not. Anyway, this is uh, Chris and Matt's Kim Wikipedia. It's a podcast where uh, the two of us, we just go about Wikipedia, we do our, our bits, uh, and our segments we've been building up, we got uh, like three different segments now. We're just building segments up uh, left and right. And I went to Wikipedia's uh, main page, and this is a little bit of behind-the-scenes podcasting, is that before we started recording, we were talking about today's featured article on Wikipedia, which is about Scarlett Johansson, whose birthday is not today, but she's still being... She's uh, the, the featured article, and I have no idea why that is, because... Uh, is it her birthday? No, it's not her birthday, uh, mm. and she doesn't have like a new movie coming out. Like this is a ways away from when uh, that uh, da, 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 uh, Endgame came out. So oh, it's like I have no idea what's going on. But I mean, like, look, Scarlett Johansson. She's a delightful actress. She's in uh, The Prestige with Rebecca Hall. <laughs> and the people, you know, the other stars of that movie, like uh, David Bowie as Nikola Tesla. <laughs> oh, the, um, oh yes, the Prestige. Yeah, the yeah, Prestige, yeah. not the Illusionist starring Ed Norton. Which was I feel a, like I went, at the time when those two things came out, people were like, the Illusionist is the good one, and no, it's definitely not. The Prestige is a really is good the, movie. Yeah, the, yeah, the Prestige is the good one. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. It's sort of like um, and now and now we all know that now you see me too is the actual good one. <laughs> yeah, it's the only in terms of like magic based. Although, I mean, the premise of uh, Prestige, spoiler for Prestige, is that some of the magic is real. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Like, well, the the end of the Prestige is that science is real. Yeah, I guess it's true. But like uh, they say, like a uh, science like. Science that's officially advanced enough is indistinguishable from magic. That's a thing somebody said at some point. Maybe it's Arthur C. Clarke. I don't know. And that movie really puts that to the test. I think that Harry Houdini said that. Uh, and then he said, come on, punch me in the stomach. What are you, a pussy? <laughs> is that really what... Were those really his last words? Did he uh, die of a punch to the stomach? Sort of. He was punched in the stomach. Uh, hey, this seems like a great place to start. Let's check out yeah. the, what Wikipedia has to say about the yeah, death of Harry Houdini. Harry Houdini. Just go to his, his page. Uh, okay. Who's gonna get it first? Houdini gravesite. Okay, death. Harry Houdini died of peritonitis secondary to a ruptured appendix at 1:26 p.m. on Halloween, Ooh, 1926. Mm, age 52. In his final days, he believed he, he would recover, but his last words before dying were reportedly, "I'm tired <laughs> of fighting." Bleak. 
It doesn't say. I, he just had appendicitis, I guess. I guess his body punched him in the stomach. Yeah. Well, uh, the account of, let's see, witnesses to an incident at Houdini's dressing room in the Princess Theater speculated whose death, uh, death was caused by a McGill University student who repeatedly, uh, you're, hang on, who repeatedly struck Houdini's abdomen. The accounts of the witnesses, the student's name, Jacques Price, and Sam Smilovitz. Generally, said that Whitehead asked if he believed in the miracles of the Bible, and whether it was true that punches the stomach did not hurt him. He had delivered some very hammer-like blows below the belt. <laughs> just punched him in the dick. <laughs> Hootie's been cutting out on a couch at the time, not preparing to prepare himself. Someone walked up to him while he was sitting on a couch and punched him yeah. in the stomach. Damn, that's beat. <laughs> we finally saw a doctor. He had a fever and acute appendicitis and advised to have a surgery. He ignored the advice and decided to go on with the show. Uh, hey, he performed at what do the, they say in the theater? The yeah. show must go on. Ooh. But after taking statements from these two dudes, Houdini's insurance company concluded that the death was due to the dressing room incident and paid double indemnity. Mmm, good movie. Yeah, so basically, uh, maybe his being punched in the stomach uh, contributed to it. He's got a pretty interesting uh, main photo for his Wikipedia page or two. <laughs> yeah. It's like him, it seems to be him in some sort of like a loincloth, this sort of thing. He's all covered in like chains, he's all shackled up. And uh, it's sort of like, a, yeah, it's like a pretty good old born Eric Weiss. Yeah, so that's Harry Houdini. And that's Harold Houdini. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can hear a recording of his voice. Uh, I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> Tell me what it sounds like. He kind of sounds like FDR. He has like, kind of like that old-timey radio Oh, was he, he, was he like, talking about how today's going to live in infamy? Uh, yeah, he's talking about how he's going to be, uh, he's going to live in infamy because he's going to, uh, yeah, dip himself into a Chinese torture cell. Ah, <laughs> uh, the worst kind of torture cell. Mmm, yes. <laughs> I assume. It's, I, it's, I'm, I'm assuming that's just like uh, you put two fingers into <laughs> each side of like a tube. <laughs> yeah, that's what they used to call those finger traps. Which, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if they're actually of Chinese of origin, or that's just, like, the name. That I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure that's just, like, uh, just, like, weird Orientalism. That's just, like, yeah. a holdover from, like, the, I don't know, the 80s or whatever. Yeah. I don't know when those first... Because I first encountered those, like, in the early 90s, like, when I was a kid. I don't even know if they still give those out, because they're such bad toys. Yeah. They're, like, yeah, they're not, like, good, because, yeah, they're, they're, they're barely toys. I mean, you just stick your fingers in them, and then your fingers are stuck until you push them close together, until you push them together, and then they're not mm -hmm. stuck with the entire... Yep. Uh, trick oh, that's how you do yeah. it. Isn't there, um, I feel like there's like, oh, maybe it's like a horror movie where they get like a figure trap that like bites their fingers and they have to like press the button to let them out. Oh. Does that sound like a thing? Is it Saw? <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It's, uh, it's the Adams Family. Ah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You hear that? Uh... One thing I really like in any kind of, like, uh, gentrified neighborhood these days is you'll always find, like, a toy store filled with toys that no child could ever want to or even figure out how to play with. It's just, like, a wooden doll that costs, yeah. like, $95 that, like, if I were a kid, I'd be like, and how am I supposed to use this piece of shit? Yeah. Like a, like a bespoke Lincoln Logs or something like that. Yeah, it. ooh, I love a bespoke Lincoln Log. Got a good lacquer on there. Yeah. So, uh, before we start doing like our, our random Wikipedia pages or what have you, we should do one of our segments uh, we do in the podcast. I say we start off by doing the segment Cancel Muppet of the Week. Oh, uh, you always you love canceling Muppets. <laughs> well, this time I think you should take the lead because the last two times I have 
canceled the Muppets. I've canceled Gonzo and I've canceled Animal. So I ask hmm. you, Matt Skimkowitz, <laughs> what Muppet uh, do you want to cancel this week? Let me see. I think last week I tried to cancel Yoda. That's so right. I think I'm going to stick. <laughs> since that never really went through, I'm going to cancel Yoda because, uh, first of all, he is a coward <laughs> and a liar. Oh, wow. And people like to pretend like he didn't just like run away at the end of Revenge of the Sith and that it like it's perfectly like crazy idea for like Jedi to be like, oh, I'm losing this thing. I'm just gonna go hide out on a planet. That's what Jedi do, and that's what Yoda does. And you know what? For that, we're dragging him in the streets. Yeah. And also he exploded all the um books in that tree. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's dumb books. Also, he was a real dick to Luke Skywalker when they first met. And to R2-D2. Yeah. One thing I do like about uh, Yoda, though, is he eats that Slim Jim, which I like. I love the puppeting of Yoda, like, when you first see him, because it's such, like, a bad, like, old puppet. Yeah. And just, like, so, like, charming compared to, like, CGI Yoda, who is just, like, a CGI guy running around. But like... I think my favorite Yoda puppet is easily the one in Phantom Menace. <laughs> it's just... He's just little. it's somehow so much worse than the one in Empire Strikes Back. Have you ever seen Smooth Yoda? Smooth Yoda? Yeah, like the, uh, I think so. Photo- Is that when they re-released uh, Phantom Menace? I don't know. It's like uh, people like post photos on like uh, on the internet or whatever. It's like a meme of Yoda. Uh, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They just like <laughs> yes, I have. I do like Smooth Yoda. Really- I like. I like him a lot. I, I tried to Google like, Smooth Yoda. Oh, yeah, there he is. Without eyebrows. So weird. <laughs> oh, man. I'm enjoying that this. That would be a perfect segue to our um, uh, Santana segment, but I think we should oh, yeah. save that. So we're not going like, segment, segment, segment. We should... Uh... First, I'm going to click on a random article on Wikipedia, see what I You know get. what? I'm canceling Yoda, but you know who I'm, I'm uh, renewing? Smooth Yoda. Smooth Yoda. <laughs> He's up to, he reminds me a lot of Smokin', and I'm into that. Yeah. I'm, trying to th- I'm now trying to imagine like how Yoda and his Yoda speak would sing the song Smooth by Santana Rob Thomas, but mm-hmm. one, I don't know the lyrics uh, well. Your heart, give it to me. <laughs> your, heart, your heart, give it to me, you monsters. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hot uh, one it is. Seven, yeah, seven inches from the midday sun. This is. Oh, seven, seven inches from the midday sun. This is. <laughs> so oh gosh. All right, what, what, random articles coming up for me, and it's mm. the Equatorial Guinea Sao Tome and Principe Maritime Boundary Treaty. Boring. Random article yeah, I again. Got, I got the Constitution Party of. The Constitution Party federal candidates in 2010. Uh, let's see if I recognize any of these people. Man, these people are weird. Uh, candidates for the Constitution Party federal elections. I don't know any of these people. Oh, wow. Daniel Tobin. Jerry Beck. Mm. Interesting. An interesting, uh, let's see what the Constitution Party is all about. Previously known as the U.S. Taxpayers Party. Ooh. It's a national political party in the United States. The ideas, the principles, and tests of the U.S. Constitution remain relevant in human relations. And it's the origins of the 1991. So this is probably just some weird racist yeah. party. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, here we go. The Christian right, conservatism, uh, fiscal conservatism. Oh, man, that's great. Good news. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Some fa- some famous ones include Antonin Scalia, oh, Clarence Thomas, oh. William F. Buckley, Calvin Coolidge, Barry Goldwater. Some real high <laughs> yeah, heavy hitters. Yeah, 
you know, the combine the sort of like uh, modern racism of an Antonin Scalia with the old school democratic racism of a uh, Calvin Cool. Wait, no, I was thinking Woodrow Wilson. I don't know, but because uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson was uh, you know old school like you know racist Democrat. I feel like anyone that tells you that you should live wholeheartedly and completely to a document that was written, let's say, more than 20 years ago, is completely out of their goddamn (laughs) mind. I got myself an interesting one here. It took a couple of clicks, but it's Tube Tales. It's a collection of nine short films based on the true life experiences of London underground passengers that submitted to Time Out magazine. The stories were scripted and filmed independently of each other. Filming took place on the Underground Network in 1999 by nine directors, including Steve and Hopkins, Charles McDougall, and Bob Hoskins, with directorial debuts by Ewan McGregor and Jude Law. And it's also wow. Simon Pegg's film debut in a small role. Yeah, it's just a bunch of... and then he, That sounds cool. Yeah, there's nine different films. One's called... Hey, Ray Winstone is in it? Yeah, one's called Mr. Cool. One's called Horny, which is... Uh, uh, hey, now. Yeah. Synopsis, a young woman uses her sexuality to avenge a businessman's sleazy desire for her. Uh, okay, that's probably not that great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Grasshopper. Wait, are these based on true stories? Yeah, it says. Oh my gosh. S- Alex Pirro, what were you getting into? Yeah. Oh, Armando Iannucci directed one of them. Mm, a crowd of co- a crowd, a crowd of compartments' attentions are drawn to an attractive, well-groomed woman, but she doesn't quite live up to their individual expectations. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about these nine short films is uh, only one of them is directed by a... Oh, no, two are directed by women. <laughs> yeah. One stars Rachel Weisz. Hey. Yeah. And Kelly McDonald. Interesting. Yeah, and then uh, the final one is the one that has Simon Pegg in the role of clerk. Wow. Uh, so he's a, is this part of the Viewers universe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, think, are, think, all, are all on-screen clerks part of the Viewers universe? Uh, yeah, probably. I'm trying to think of... Because the, 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 there's the animated Clerks TV show, and somebody was like a guest on that. I don't remember who it... Well, I went to look at... Was it, was it James Woods? Uh, I mean, it's possible but uh the reprise like his his role as a quickie start owner uh, uh from the simpsons alec baldwin oh charles barkley i was thinking of but alec baldwin apparently he played a character known as leonardo leonardo mm, oh yes of course i remember that yeah well there's uh six episodes of the show but i think only two aired uh like uh oh what the Oh, I guess some what more the aired. Oh, then they aired the rest of them all in like one day. They aired like a couple like in the summer of 2000. And then several years later or two years later, they aired the rest of them on uh, like one day altogether. Uh, canceled. Uh, all six released on DVD. Uh, okay, so the other ones were played on County Central uh, several years later. But yeah, they only two episodes they aired on. ABC, uh, you know, because uh, oh, the character of a uh, giggling girl. Got, who, <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'm backtracking here a little bit, but I just found a a uh, an image that compares Smooth Yoda to Wallace Shawn. It's <laughs> <laughs> a perfect casting. Yeah, that's pretty good. Imagine if Wallace Shawn played Smooth Yoda in the upcoming Star Wars film, The Rise of Skywalker. Ah, uh, yeah, it's so perfect. Because uh, I can see him doing that voice, even though Frank Oz is still alive. 
Yes, Rise Skywalker's ass. Doing Yoda voices is maybe the most embarrassing thing someone could do. (laughs) Pretty much. Unless, of course, you're Frank Oz, I guess. Yeah, you get away with it because he's he is like the man who does the Yoda. So it's like, hey, it's like he's the man. (laughs) Hey, who's the man? Frank Oz, the man. Who's 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 the man? Yoda man is maybe the greatest piece of forgotten Star Wars uh, anything. Yeah. Uh, Anyone that like gets gets mad about Star Wars <laughs> in any kind of capacity, whether it's because they don't like a character decision, or there's too many women now. There's too many women or people of color in them, should really just go back and have to watch the Who's the Man Yoda Man Star Wars Episode Two DVD commercial and rectify their life immediately. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> because of that, it is has been proven scientifically that Star Wars is stupid. Yeah, and it's not something that. Needs to be taken seriously at all. It should not be taken seriously. It's all a big old laugh. It's a laugh a minute. It's, yeah, it's a laugh a minute. <laughs> uh, yep, good old. Yeah, I, Ooh, now I'm looking at now I'm looking at a picture of Buff Yoda and boy howdy. <laughs> they just put Yoda's. It's a poster. It's a play. It's a play mat of Yoda's head uh, superimposed on the Hulk's. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks, especially. Uh, because skin the, tone, skin tone yeah. matches. And the Hulk, he usually has trouble talking unless he's, of course, Professor Hulk, in which case he can talk like a normal person. Otherwise, he talks even in a less uh, articulate way than Yoda. Well, I guess he's articulate, but he's got an interesting patois to the way he speaks. As long as we're making uh, uh, blasphemous uh, comments about popular movie franchises that people like <laughs> to kill people over, uh, does anything about the Hulk make sense in the Avengers movies? <laughs> I mean, I possibly in the realm of like the comic books or something. Because I know like Professor Hulk, who's like, yeah, he's like from the comics. I'm, I'm still confused as to the I'm always angry. That doesn't make sense. I've been trying to figure that out for almost ten years now, and I still don't know what that. He's always angry. He just like remains kind of pissed at all. He doesn't seem that way. Yeah. He doesn't seem always but mad. But when he gets, he gets angry enough, he turns to the... It doesn't... I think they just, like, Josh Green thought that was, like, a cool line. And they're like, what's wrong with it? We're just, you know, people, like, yeah. happy to see yeah. Hulk smash. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Everyone was excited to see Hulk smash. But I still don't understand... I, nothing about the Hulk makes sense. And now, in like, it didn't make any sense why he couldn't turn into the Hulk. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense why he's just, like, half Hulk now. Yeah, you, like, the Hulk, sort of, the logic of the Hulk, sort of, like, uh, is what they want the Hulk to be. Like, when he was, like, able, he was, like, like during, like, and look, Thor Ragnarok's a delightful movie, and I'm not going to complain mm-hmm. about that movie. It's maybe my favorite of the, of the Marvel movie, because it's a really funny, sure. sort of, like, uh, wacky space adventure, and it's based, of course, on the... <laughs> you're, not gonna be- you're not going to believe which one the internet really, really doesn't like. Uh, wait, p- people like Thor Ragnarok, don't they? It's honestly, like, one of the, like, like people really don't like that movie. No way. On, uh, on like, uh, at least under like in your realm of like people complaining about Star Wars, mm-hmm. they don't like Thor Ragnarok. I think it may literally be like my favorite, but also like I, I agree, I love Thor Ragnarok. One of my it's also, funny. One also my favorites is Ant Man versus the Wall, Ant Man and the Wasp, which is also like a really funny, clever one. Like my favorite. Like, oh, yeah, like, those are maybe my two favorite. Although movies. I think I like the first Ant Man more. I like the second one a little bit better. It's a little bit uh, more or less time to do like make the figure out the premise. I thought. I thought mm. they were a little more clever. And also, like, the, I thought, like, Corey Stoll is, like, a boring villain. And, like, the villain in the second one is a little more interesting. And also, like, it's, like, less important. So, like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because I feel like the Marvel movies as a whole have an issue with having interesting villains. 
So, sure. I mean, I don't remember either of them particularly well. I always forget those movies right after I see them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, where were we? So we got really out of, off the rails yeah. there. Maybe we should look at the uh, Wikipedia article for Avengers. Just kidding. We're going to click random. Yeah. And the ba- uh, the I don't know how to pronounce box. that. Not- oh, I got Model 500 Telephone. Honestly, I didn't know this was even called the Model 500. Uh, I got- it's, you know, the, the classic black, uh, black uh, kind of like rotary phone with 10 digits on it? Yeah. Uh, that's that's called the Model 500 Telephone. I got a fuse box, which is was an American contemporary Christian music band. Uh, they released "Lost in Worship" with In Pop Records in 2002, and they joined the Constitution Party in yeah. 2010. And they broke up in 2006. So R.I.P. to uh, yeah. In our GTF or GTFO this week, we're saying GTFO the fuse box. <laughs> yeah, well, let me see. I'm gonna look up. I looked up their album, which has its own page. Giving the album a, a B at CCM Magazine. What's that? Uh, contemporary Christian Music. Okay. It's a twice-monthly <laughs> online magazine called Contemporary Christian Music Magazine. Makes sense to me. This group is proving worthy of independence. Russ Bremeyer singling in a two-and-a-half-star review for Christianity Today states, once again, it's not bad, and there may be enough to recommend those who, do, who never get enough of modern worship. Uh, Mike River rated the album an 8 out of 10 for Cross Rhythm, saying Billy has a fine voice, good ideas, but still, I believe his best work is ahead. I really want Fusebox to take an even edgier turn in order to stand up from the crowd. Uh, Josh, <laughs> I love the idea of an edgy, an edgy Christian yeah. rock band. Josh Taylor awarding this album three and a half stars at Jesus Freak Hideout describes once again is a completely different experience and well worth a listen. And what's Jesus Freak Hideout? Uh, I guess some sort of like website or something. And then uh, rating the album a four out of five from the Phantom Toll Booth. Andrew with Griffin states a stellar second album called Once Again. <laughs> That's the entirety of the st- sentence of the Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. The name of the songs: Song one, track one, God is great. Track two, Hello. Track three, Lord God Almighty. Track four, Once Again. The title track. <laughs> track five, All for You. Track six, Thank You. Track seven, Gotta Have You. Track eight, I'm Yours. Track nine, Look What You've Done. Track 10, a 39-second song simply called Overture, and then track 11, the final track of the album, You Are So Beautiful. <laughs> I just want to get this out there before we move on. Jesus Freak Hideout, the website, is is fantastic. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, it's got a big banner up at the top that says the newsboys are back. <laughs> Did the newsboys ever really leave? The new album, United. My dog Seth is barking. <laughs> oh, let's see what they reviewed. They reviewed uh, Glass. They gave Glass four stars. Ooh, the movie Glass. Yeah. No, 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 no. The concept, uh, the, the material Glass. <laughs> well, we are living in a material world. And I am a material girl or yeah. boy. Yep. Uh, 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 the the wedding singer uh, G F T or G T F O. I'm going to say G- GFT. I like the wedding singer. I'm going to say that, too. I, I I think maybe it gets a little bit overblown because it's, like, better than some other uh, Sandler yeah. movies. But yeah, it's a solid movie. It's, like, you know, it's a little sort of maybe overly sweet and sentimental. Uh, and, like, he starts sort of heading that way. But it has, you know... Uh, it's probably, as far as, like, his sent- his brand of sentimentality, it's definitely works a lot better than his other even like his more classic movies like billy madison yeah. or happy gilmore like the relationship in wedding singer like actually does yeah. make sense yeah. and works yeah well i mean like the relationship in uh, billy madison is that this like barely literate like 
stupid, <laughs> like, meets, like, a, this, like, his third grade teacher. He's a grown man in a third grade class or whatever. Yeah. And, like, has the hots for the teacher. And she, hey. <laughs> and then she will, like, Hey, hey, hey. He's pulling a real fan. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, Veronica Vaughn. Uh, you know. so yes, of course, so hot. Want to touch the high knee? Yeah. We missed something uh, because we're almost out of time. Yeah, here. and I get we got to go back because we were talking about Smooth Yoda earlier. <laughs> we got totally distracted and we forgot to have you guess who are some of the guests yep. on Santana's album. That. Supernatural. Now, in lieu of having a um, hit mm, this week, in lieu Ferrigno speaking of yeah, that. in, in uh, Lou yeah. Bega Jr. He's not a guest. I don't think he's on the album. Uh, in lieu of having a hint. I hope you will indulge me and allow my first guest to be any member of the Dave Matthews band. I gotta tell you something. Not only is one person from the Dave Matthews band on this album, two members oh, are. Baby. So you got Dave, you got the D, Big D himself, and the rest of the kids table includes Carter Buford. That's the guy I was thinking of. I couldn't remember his name. I was gonna say him. Yeah. And then I was like, well, yep. I'm just gonna see if I can get the band so you do you have three so far yeah well uh if we're counting that rob thomas doesn't count okay if we're not counting rob thomas which is fair i do have yeah that's fair especially because i i cast a wide net there so we'll say rob, mm. we'll, we'll table rob thomas and not counting and say i'm at three so i gotta get two more uh yes and i got two more guesses this week i previously you, guessed yeah Eric. well no no you get you oh, definitely right, get two yeah, more guesses three, because three you have three strikes yeah. yeah you just hit you just hit a two-run homer yeah let's see Oh, who's another? Because I started thinking about like who are some like unusual sort of like instrument people. Is what yeah, I, you can tell with this album they're trying to branch out and like get as big of an audience as yeah. possible. So let's see some other people. I still will never remember the the Maria Maria guy. <laughs> You'll never get it. There's no. If you did, I would. I would go to the. I'd go to the nearest uh, Foot Locker, ask for their most robust shoelace, and use it to kill myself because it would be shocking. I'd shock you with a suicide. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of shocking, uh, the song "Shock the Monkey" is Peter Gabriel on the album. Uh, no, good guess though. Uh, I mean, he should be. Okay, so that's one strike. Let me think. Shock the monkey. Uh, you know what I really used to like watching is Peter Gabriel's like concert movie where he's just like bald and like riding around in a Segway. So he like, or no, he pulls out a, he does ride around in a Segway during some songs, but he also rides a bicycle and sings like Strawberry Hill or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, Mulberry or whatever the fuck it's Mul- called. Yeah, whatever Mul- that song. The bi- big, big fish song. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the series finale of Holly Catch Fire song. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good finale. Yeah, it is really good. Uh, I feel like we're the only <laughs> podcast on all of iTunes talk, still talking about how good Halt and Catch Fire is. It was really good. The first season was a little rough when they started like... Oh, yeah. Once they broke out of that mold. Yeah, it became like a really good show. And like they made like, the daughters interesting characters in the last season. You know, They had like mm-hmm. a genuinely sort of moving story about the one daughter finding her sexuality and like the other daughter mm-hmm. like dealing with like you know uh, issues with her parents and what have you. It. It's also the only uh, uh, the only show on AMC that I know of that had that featured the Poison Idea album uh, "Feel the Darkness," which is awesome. Uh, okay, let me think. Who else could be on? This? Uh, I wonder if he had any. Is Babyface on the album? Good guess. No, he should be. Yeah. He should have produced one of these songs. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I feel like he came close with Babyface because I feel like there are some. Uh, there is a. No- I'm going to give you a big hint. 
There is a huge 90s producer on this album and he was he had his hands in a lot of pies around this time and i'll go one step further and say he produced or co-produced maria oh man see when he said close to baby face my initial guess was gonna be it's not an r&b guy but it's like uh he is a big like producer um yeah my he was very like front facing in that uh, way kind of like you know what i mean like he was like uh yeah he was around. My 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 initial guess when he said similar uh, close with Babyface, I was gonna guess Baby Neck, but now, dope. <laughs> let me think. I'm trying to think of four facing producers. See, when he said that, my first instinct was gonna say Rick Rubin, but would he have? Like, I don't think he would have done a song like Maria Maria. No. So I'm trying to think now, who's like a forward facing producer, who would have done a song in that way and it would be somebody who's uh, well, maybe he's not really so much of a producer I just always see think he's just like always around mm. he was just like on a lot of tracks on a lot of tracks many, in the 90s see how many albums what, he's, what he produced do 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 hmm. producer all the time 90s uh, but like for facing, uh... He was like a... I, I feel like I'm going to start giving it away. Oh. Uh, but he was a huge rapper. Oh, a huge rapper. Yeah. Uh, and then he did some producing. I feel like I mischaracterized okay. him. Okay. He was just like, everywhere you turned, he was there. Everywhere you turned. Timbaland? Yeah. Good guess. Ah, uh, nuts. But I feel like that's a little later. Yeah, possibly. Because then you're like, you're like, we were talking about... I was like, well... Dr. Dre, but no, because I don't think you would have given me a hint for Dr. Dre or what have you. So I was like, now you're gonna you're gonna know. I mean, like I'll know it. this era, man. He was around. I'll, I'll have to ponder that in between episodes because when you're like first, you're thinking producers. I was thinking a nice producer. I thought, well, Brian Eno or Mutt Lang, Shania Twain's ex-husband. But oh yeah, no, neither of those guys. Oh well, yeah, I'm, these are now I'm getting extra guesses. Ha ha. <laughs> but uh, yep. So yeah, if you. Because I got my three strikes. Yeah. So I'm out, but I did well before getting out because I was like, I guess, two members of the, the, the band of Dave Matthews. I just want to look up how many albums this guy's produced. I just want you, just for my, okay, I just want you to hike up your skirt a little more and show your world to me. <laughs> in, <laughs> in a boy's that, that That line is confusing. I'm the king of the castle and you're the dirty rascal crashing to me. I used to love that song in fourth grade. Yeah, I liked it around probably roughly the same time. Mm, here we go. Albums. Uh, you know what? He's produced 41 albums. Oh, he's a producer shit. for sure. And he's produced a lot of fucking hits. Oh, man. I'll definitely have something. Or at least, I guess, or at least, at least songs on them. And he has at least, at least one humongous album. Ooh. Interesting. It, it is such a big album. Ah. Uh. I'll have to ponder that over mm-hmm. prior to next week when we play that game again. So we've hit yes. all three of our segments. and we. I really want you to get this one too, man. Yeah. We don't have time to introduce a new segment, obviously, or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm going to hit random one more time. I got Willie Piazza, who uh, was a prostitute and brothel proprietor in the Storyville during the Relay District's period of legal operation. Uh, ca- nice. Yeah. When, uh, let's see. Uh, Jelly Roll Morton sometimes played her upright piano. Uh, so uh, yeah, the page I got was for some 
New Orleans brothel owner from the like 1860s. Oh, wait, no, from 1898 through 1917. She worked in, as a madam and specialized in providing. I don't. Uh, okay, what the? I didn't want to say this word because I didn't know if it's like problematic or not. Uh, and it seems like maybe it is. If you're on the fence about it, don't. it seems like a very, at the very <laughs> least, a very archaic word for people of mixed race. So okay, I'm just going fair to enough. Uh, avoid stepping in that. Just in yeah, case. we'd hate for you to be on GTFO. <laughs> yeah, or but be we a gotta wrap this up because yeah. I gotta get going. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we have a, when you're when you're constantly questioning whether you should say that. We have so overstayed our welcome. All right, yep. Thank you, Gavin Media, for being our podcast network. Listen to their other podcasts that were, you know, you can want to like rate us wherever you listen to the podcast, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast, do all those sort of things. We'd really appreciate it because when more people see the podcast, because they hear about Smooth Yoda and hear our Smooth Yoda sort of impressions. Takes or Smooth Takes on yeah, Yoda. Our hot takes on Smooth Yoda and our Smooth Takes on Hot Yoda, which is like hot yoga. <laughs> Mm. That's a good idea. Hot, yo- hot Yoda. It's like you go to like a hot yoga class, but like they play like Star Wars music and like the teacher like does like it's like uh, downward dog. You will do. Yeah, fuck this. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm t- Twitter at Chris X Morgan. I'm at M Shimkowitz. Uh, this has been Chris and Matt Skim Wikipedia. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.